Welcome to Table Flipping. I'm actress Taylor Mishak. And I'm writer Alyssa Littman. Join us as we sit down with guests to unpack how the fascinating, messy women of reality TV have shaped our lives. And of course, dish about Bravo, The Bachelor, and everything in between. Thanks Thanks for for listening. Happy Friday. I feel like we have so much fun stuff to talk about. This we week. do. We both uh, started our days the same and like woke up bright and early to just like watch Summer House for the pod and then ended up watching the like craziest episode of it ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like it's a very weird energy to start your Friday morning bright and early with like a quarantine pub crawl that erupts into an explosive fight. I was like, this is a lot for the bright and early in the Oof. morning. <laughs> also watching someone spray paint their face with like tanner that is not gonna wash off in a couple days is wild. It made me question if Amanda actually loves Kyle or not. <laughs> What did what did you think about this episode? Um, I thought the the little clubs that were themed differently was fun and impressive, and I thought they did a really good job. Especially the New York club, I was like, yes, this feels like New York a hundred percent to me. Um, and then it was just wild watching, you know, Kyle do a full one eighty and start telling Luke that he's leading girls on. And, like, saying that he doesn't understand boundaries. I mean, I was like, I've never seen, like, a bros before hoes guy flip so hard against a bro. (laughs) It was so exciting to watch. What did you think? I thought the same thing. I was, I mean, everyone here knows I'm a huge Kyle hater. Like, (laughs) last week it wasn't even funny how much I hated him. I was just like, this needs to be said. He is the scum of the earth. I hate watching him. Everything he says I hate. And then this morning I was like, what am I feeling inside? Is it forgiveness and understanding? (laughs) I don't know what's happening. There's something really, really satisfying about also seeing just a fellow bro as shitty as he can be even if he's the shittiest Kyle of the bunch be like no dude you have a power addiction over the women around you and you're fucking with people's feelings like to see somebody just look another goddamn man in the eye and say it (laughs) is really a rare a rare thing to see out there in the wild and I like it I think it's great Uh, yeah and then I I don't think I think that it was fun to watch like Luke totally not comprehend it coming from him either because he's like well I'm used to gaslighting women but now I'm seeing this come from one of my fellow bros like what do I do and had to sort of like leave and gather himself and then decided like oh I'm fighting a man so I will you know what I'll do I'll call him a pussy it's like oh my god Luke grow the fuck up yeah I didn't but think yeah I thought it was talk. exciting I didn't think no. his trash talk was very good also the fact that he like went outside and then he sort of warned the production crew like hey I'm gonna fight if you want to hold me back and it's like yeah well, then you're not really trying to fight if you're trying to fight you would walk back in there and be like hey Kyle and then just sock him in the head that's exactly exactly and, it was this yeah. like uh, what do I what would, if I was a tough boy what would I do and he'd be like, I'd fight him that's what I do you guys watch me. I'm going to go pun- I'm going to go punch him. You better you better come and get me. I'm going to do it right now. And he like opens the door but still like stands in the doorway and he's like uh, c- uh, come fight me. <laughs> he's like I don't like you. Idiot. It's like yeah, it's pretty clear. <laughs> yeah. Um, I I liked the Amanda like uh 
copper what is it copper tone uh, yeah. sunscreen logo of her holding him back by <laughs> grabbing the back of his swimsuit so like his little white bum is showing and he's in that, that that was effective enough to hold his entire body back which was shocking to me she just had like <laughs> one hand on his swimsuit back and was pulling him back like he was a toddler and I thought that was really comical yeah, for oh, sure. It's man. just wild to see, like, Sierra say multiple times, you don't understand boundaries. Carl say, you don't understand boundaries. Kyle say, you don't understand boundaries. Hannah's already been through it. Like, now Lindsay is, like, weirdly saying that she would undress him with her eyes, but they're friends and there's boundaries. Like, it's just, I, I really am enjoying this inflection point of fuckboydom being taken down. It's very yes. satisfying to me. That's what we're all about here at Table Flipping. I love the crumbling <laughs> of the empire. It's spectacular. I also loved the, like, f- it finally coming out to Lindsay that the <laughs> Instagram psychic had uh, suggested she hooked up with Luke. And Lindsay goes, do you even know who I am? And I don't know if it was Paige or Amanda because it was off screen. They go, yeah, you're Lindsay Hubbard. Sit down. <laughs> that, that was so rude. <laughs> So mean. So Imagine someone just being like, yeah, you're Alyssa Littman. Take a seat. Like, wah. you just t- would take the wind out of my sails. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think that she's – it's hard to be on her side because I could see how this would be totally annoying. But then she's, like, going and hanging out in the weight room with Luke by herself and they're flirting with each other. So I'm like, you're kind of proving their point uh, in a weird way. Yeah, she didn't. It's also, it's funny that she just goes, well, you're just saying this because I'm defending Luke now. Like, I'm playing devil's advocate for my friend Luke. And everyone was like, no, that's not why we're seeing it. We're seeing it because of the psychic. And it's like, oh, my God. How do you fight that? How do you yeah. like, okay, well, then I have nothing to say. Like, I can't. If you're going to believe an Instagram psychic over what I'm telling you, then, like, I can't. I can't participate in this. But she still did. And then it just made everything look more guilty. Yeah. But yeah, what a what a real boiling point of so many issues that this episode reached while still having and executing a really great theme. So bravo, Summer House cast, I think. <laughs> um, what do we what do we want to talk about next? You want to talk about Atlanta? I would love to talk about Atlanta. Uh, I first of all, have you we got to talk about the good and the bad parts of this uh, Halloween costume situation. Um it's starting with the bad, which is like Kenya's so incredibly offensive, <sighs> quote unquote, costume of just dressing in like a gigantic, huge, like cartoonish, quote unquote, Native American outfit. And I will also say, in addition to it just being so blatantly racially insensitive and awful, it was uh, it was gigantic. And she was wearing it the entire night. It was it made it so much more like relentless, and and it even it, I know it's stupid, but that made it even like more inexcusable to me. Does that make sense? Like yeah. that looks uncomfortable. You're making such an effort to do something so stupid. Um, and you said, did Bravo post an apology for it? Yeah, so I saw on Watch What Happens Live, Andy said, unfortunately, Kenya's wearing a headdress in this episode, and they let it air because they thought it would be, like, a good teaching moment because there's all the talking heads of people saying that this isn't cool, it's insensitive. Yeah. Um, and then people were understandably upset, which to me is, like, it's one of those things where it's, like, the producers easily could have said, you cannot wear that to the party. <laughs> 
Um, yeah. And so I, I think it's the discussion of, like, what's more valuable, like, seeing people react that way and explaining why it's not acceptable or just never airing it at all is a valid and interesting one. But I I also just think yeah, at this time it would have just been much easier and, and to just shut it down and not air it, for agreed, sure. Agreed. Agreed. Like, just don't. And, and it was so – it's so obviously bad that you it no matter when you were doing it you could have said don't wear this Kenya like yeah. don't and then and that would have really fixed that whole problem at least for her which is like what this is all about you got to <laughs> just be helping each other out instead of putting them out on the fire like that but it was just so aggressively in the episode too it's just too much but i will say on the good end of the costume costume spectrum wow some of these women executed like absolutely impressive just theatrical feats i didn't recognize them yeah like it was tough for me they were sitting around a table i yeah drew beyond recognition like they're and then fallon in this like like disney marvel level medusa moment is just it was just so distracting to me because it was also sort of a mellow party <laughs> yeah. for them to be at this level <laughs> of costuming. It was like, I I guess I'm confused about what the what's going on. Like, Kenya's being racist. You guys are all, like, full-on Marvel movie characters. I don't understand what's happening. All the lights are on once again. I feel like we need to take some mood lighting tips from Summer House and, you know, learn <laughs> how to create an atmosphere that way because – when Fallon gets pissed off and she's like sprinting through her tiled kitchen with no shoes on, fully dressed as Medusa with like every single recessed lighting turned on. I'm like, what is going on here? Like, this is not, I don't know. It's crazy. I did think that was pretty iconic. She like immediately ran and got a golf club and was gonna like really, I think, beat Latoya's ass with the golf yeah club. I thought I too I was like wow she's stepping up like Fallon just went from friend of the cast to like <laughs> like legendary Atlanta moment <laughs> and she's been in like two episodes which is crazy yeah but she was like really fucking working it out in this one I was proud of it like there was no part of me that was like she's like trying to be famous I was just like yes girl go get that golf club dressed as Medusa <laughs> like I was here for it I what also thought yeah go ahead what I just thought it was sweet seeing, like, everything that Drew was opening up with about her family, with her son Josiah, was, like, really, really, uh, I think, vulnerable of her to share. And it was sweet to see her, like, talk to her son and her husband and her mom about it. But her bribing Josiah to talk about, like, all of their family structure, like, issues for lack of a better word right now she was like if we talk about it now you can have sushi afterwards reminds me of my mom used to take me I used to have to go to like communion classes which was so stupid when I was little sorry to anybody who out there who doesn't think they're stupid but I wasn't vibing with it (laughs) and I was constantly telling my mom how much I didn't like it and so then she ended up bribing me every class I would get to secretly go get frozen yogurt so the only reason I like went to basically church for like years was because I got frozen yogurt afterwards and it was it was genius. Uh, that so is, I thought that that was pretty sweet parenting. I think that is so sweet. And I was going to say that I had to go to temple for no rewards. But if it's specifically for communion, I will say that 
the reward of getting bat mitzvah, which is similar to communion, is that you get a giant party. So I guess no bribes were necessary. <laughs> um, yeah, no, there was no giant party. They were like, you're doing all these hours of classes so you can stand in a line every Sunday and eat a cracker. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I'm good. I don't. I don't want to do that. And my mom was like, I totally get it. I don't think you should have to do it either. But that's what <laughs> we're your doing it. Wants. So I'm sorry. do you want some frozen yogurt? And I was like, sure. And we're doing like, it just in case there is a hell. Just think about it. Yeah. That way. Just and in then case. We'll get yogurt. It would really make your father happy. And I was like, OK, but like people are getting swallowed <laughs> by whales and living like I just don't get it. And she was like, OK, well, do you want like sprinkles? And I was like, yay. And so then that just like became <laughs> that's like my Catholicism was from frozen yogurt wow. uh, so I just think it was sweet parenting good on you Drew <laughs> very cute I love that um you're like I relate God to frozen yogurt so yeah <laughs> <laughs> um what else what should we talk about next New Jersey New Jersey I I have to shout out that when they go to the shore when they go down to the Jersey shore Frank and Dolores my iconic dream couple want to be them have a house in tom's river which is where my dad is from oh so i was so happy so shout out to tom's river i think that that's really cool and i also loved their home and i'm and i just feel one step closer to being them (laughs) but what did you think about this whole episode um i think that shockingly um teresa and joe getting along after their divorce is incredible I did not expect that to be the case I don't think it's a great idea that they're still in business together but they seem to be chill about everything they've been through the fact that Mm -hmm. she paid off all his debts is I mean what a strong woman like Mm -hmm. that this is a woman who was not allowed to go to college because she was supposed to get married and pop out babies and she's had to figure out how to make all this money to save her family from the situation that her husband put them in and I just Mm -hmm. thought it was like this is an example of how divorce can go well you know like also Dolores just listing all the things that she that Teresa had been through I was like you guys this you don't get it this is why I love her (laughs) I know I know I loved that as she was doing it I was like this we we have to touch on this I hope I could find that clip and put it on Instagram because it is so it's so true like there's you just can't get a worse hand and in, in many ways than what everything Teresa has dealt with and then and you and I forget watching this show until some dumb bitch like Jackie brings it up that Teresa's been to literal jail yeah. like the things like and that's like just there's a blip on her on like the list of crazy shit that she has dealt with she also just like has a good sense of humor about it like um some I think when they were talking about the Joe Gorga situation and the money she was like oh yeah that's what Joe used to say to me and uh, he'd be like oh it's fine it's fine don't worry about it then I ended up going to prison and I'm like I just think (laughs) I would not be as zen about I would have the worst grudge ever about that whole situation if I was her and they really seem to have worked through it so good for them I know. I was really – I was impressed. I, I will say I'm a little weirded out by the fact that he's, like, never wearing a shirt when they're FaceTiming. <laughs> <laughs> Just got to go on record that that was strange, but it is what it is. What did you think about the – so Dolores gets recognized for all of her work for, uh, like, raising money for a breast cancer awareness uh, charity, and they have, like, a mini party at her home. And 
I feel like Melissa came in and was really harping on her for not having moved in with David and not getting a ring from David Mm -hmm. and like really shitting on her. And I loved that Margaret was like, I'm sorry, but we're like here celebrating like everything she's done in terms of the charities that she works with. And like she's raised these wonderful kids and she like she has her own beautiful home. Like we don't need to fucking be making her feel shitty for not being engaged to this plastic surgeon who rides a motorcycle. He's not a plastic surgeon. He, he delivers He's babies. He's a gynecologist. Yeah, I think something like oh, that. Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, yeah. No, I totally agree with you. I think it's so interesting to see these women in this in this part of their life because it seems like they were raised with very traditional expectations and now they're kind of like I would say Dolores and Teresa are just like doing their own thing which I love I think it's great mm-hmm. um I think David's house is beautiful I want mm-hmm. the contractors that did their house to eventually do a house that I will live in <laughs> um and I just think it's like rude of Melissa to be I, I don't know I think it's partially like Melissa was being kind of rude, and also she's just not been through the same shit that they've been through. So if she was at that point in her life and her kids were grown and she got cheated on by Joe and they were divorced, like, maybe she'd be more understanding, but I think she just still has this ideal, like, well, if he doesn't do this, then you should get out of the relationship, and that's just not where Dolores is at. It's a little holier than thou as somebody who has been in, um, like, yeah, traditional and monogamous relationship for a really long time. Because she was like, listen, this is what people say when they, like, don't – they say they don't want a fancy car because they don't want to make the payments. But you want the fancy car. Like, you really want to be, like, you want a ring on it and you want to settle down. Also, like, like, you know what I don't want, Melissa, is to be engaged to someone who I had to force to propose to me. That's what I don't want. So Yes. Yeah. Yeah. There's something very – there's so many things to be taken from Dolores's book but like her figuring out not forcing that ultimatum and like still standing her ground and like feeling comfortable with where she's at is very cool and she seems so happy I just need you to talk about how much you hate Jackie now (laughs) I will say yeah I'm really that like I said it really it it made me feel bad for any time that I've stood up for a point that she made when during this Jersey Shore dinner She goes, oh, where did you get that confidence in jail? Like, shut the fuck up, bitch. That's such a horrible, horrible, horrible thing to say. I think that's worse than I think that's way worse than the hypothetical your daughter doing coke in a bathroom. Um, And it's a low blow on Watch What Happens Live afterwards. Teresa was like, how come every time I do a low blow and then Jackie goes lower and then I do and I do another low blow and then and I win because I was last. But but then Jackie's just mad because I, I, I had a low blow. You know what I mean? And I was like, "Okay, I do follow that sort of. And you're right. Like it's it. The Jackie's super hypocritical. She's also just. Not, she's just a dumb like when yeah. Teresa came out with the uh, with the vibrator and was like here's yeah. something to shove up your ass I feel like that's the closest you're gonna get to a white flag from Teresa yeah. where she's at least making light of the fight yeah. and like kind of welcoming a playful back and forth it still is mean it still could have erupted into something where like glasses are thrown but that was pretty close to being like hey I'm giving you a gift I'm talking to you you told me to shove something on my ass take this still don't shove it up your ass and Jackie was such a stick in the mud about it I thought she was just like how could you and I was like Jackie get out of here I think you're annoying so yeah, it's Yes. It's not that she's always, you know, wrong, like, or that Teresa's always right. It's just that she's a bad housewife, and I don't like <laughs> watching her deal with this shit. If she was a good housewife, she would have said, oh, yeah, maybe I can have my husband's mistress stick it up his ass. Like, you know, yeah. I mean, and then they joke about it, and then it'd be like, we're not friends, but at least it's like, 
you know, diffused. <laughs> yeah, we've seen those moments before where, yeah, a fight can have sort of a fizzling out moment in humor. And, and Jackie not doing that was annoying to me. So then that left a bad taste in my mouth. And then the jail comment was like, get off of my TV. Like, get off of my TV. I think that's insane. And everybody else tolerating it is like, that's got to be a, a, a no what's the word I'm looking for? Like, that's a subject that people can't touch. And I think it's crazy that Teresa, like, got up from the table and people are like, Teresa, sit down. It's like, did you hear what she just said about her getting confidence I mean, she literally, prison? like, her mom died while she was in prison. You know? Yeah. Like, I just don't know how that's not... Ex- I just... It's not acceptable. <laughs> yeah, it's not kosher. Yeah. Over it. Anyway, Boo. I don't like her and I'm glad you don't like her, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, did you... Okay, just very quickly about 90 Day. Uh, oh, first of all, this is the kind of camera work that we're seeing because these people are now yes. shooting on their own cell phones is like so Blair Witch Project it that, is. I, that it can't handle it. Like the reveal Natalie had when she takes the phone into the car and then like settles the phone down and all of a sudden Mike is in the background. I screamed. It's so I'm telling scary. you, screamed. It's terrifying. And it raises the stakes so much. And I mean, in general, watching these people struggle with coronavirus is terrifying. Like yeah. she's that's not the only couple that's like, fuck, like I could get – I'm suddenly going to be, like, in an illegal status if I stay here, but I don't know where to go. I don't know if I could safely get home. Like, I, it's terrifying. So all of that was, like, low-key, way too much to handle. Everything that's going on with Andrew and Amira is also, like, a different show. Like, he's a terrifying man. And I, like, convince anybody out there to not communicate with this person. I can't tell you any more red flags to somebody who is, like, possessive and probably hostile and, like, awful. Uh, But on a funny note... Why did that stripper show up to Hazel's bachelorette party already in her underwear? I agree. <laughs> I feel like that is not the job description. You need to take some clothes off to be a stripper. And I was also very sad that she had to strip on, like, a hotel rug. It was – yeah, I, I was like, her yeah. knees are going to be rug burned. But she was very nice to them. I like that. She was like, look, she it's was not very as sweet. as it Yeah, looks. I would have been like – Here's a cocktail. Let's hang out. Yeah. I think that's what Hazel wanted to do, but then it would have been (laughs) unprofessional probably. (laughs) But that was just a fun scene. It was cute to see them all be like, look, this is not my cup of tea, but like I'm glad Hazel's having fun. And Hazel joking around about how she has no booty herself, and so she likes girls with butts. I was just like, this is great. I really like this. Yeah. They're they're a heartwarming couple in what has become a pretty terrifying season. Yeah. Uh, speaking of the last week, we really really ripped on Stephanie and Rebecca's pigtails, and I wanted to let everyone know that Rebecca online has been liking and commenting on all of the memes making fun of her with a really great attitude. So, <laughs> I love that. I like it's so fun. As much as like we are so savage and we like rip so many people apart and we make fun of so many people, it's really nice to see sometimes. Some Somebody be like, yeah, totally deserve it. Am I right? Like she posted all these like skull emojis of her being dead from laughing on all kinds of memes. And so I think that's sweet. That's cute. Um, I want to ask you, like, what is going on with Stephanie and like treating her lovers like they're her children? I She pa- she was like, I put a little snack in your shorts for your tummy. I, I just don't understand. <laughs> It's – I don't usually talk to people I just had sex with like I'm babysitting them. No. It's – there's a lot going on there because, yeah, Tony and I were talking about – he was like, well, she obviously has a complex where she wants to have like 
this financial power over her partner. And he was like, if, if anybody does come to America with her and begins to like work or started to have any sense of independence, right. like, do you think it would just implode? And I was like, I don't know. I think like what you're saying, uh, if she just still kept treating them like a kid, they might vibe as fucked up as that is like <laughs> I think that these I think that there's guys out there who would just be like I don't know I'm content hanging out she feeds me and buys me shit and I don't mind pretending like she is the more powerful person in the relationship because I get like pampered there's something very yeah dark and weird and strange going yeah on I think you could have Stephanie. the pampering without the language that makes me feel scared of what she thinks uh, you know, a romantic relationship is supposed. Why does it re- resemble a mother-son relationship? Is what yeah. I'm asking myself. That's yeah. where I'm like, Ugh. you can be a sugar mama without being like, here's a little snacky for your tummy. Well, and, we- <laughs> <laughs> and we see, we see a lot of like cougars and like really like sexy, powerful older women in many, many shows who do make great efforts to not sound like a mommy. Yeah. <laughs> like we, you know, you could still, there's other women on 90 Day Fiance who are the older women who are with like the younger guys that are not packing snackies for their tummies because they're making an effort to not seem like a mom or a grandma. And Stephanie seems to be going the complete opposite direction. You're right. And like very much using language that's like infantilizing Harris or Ryan or whoever it is. Ah! Tony and I have gotten into saying, fuck off and die, Ryan, like three to four times a day. Like anytime I'm annoyed, like a team will lose in the March Madness bracket, I'll be like, fuck off and die, Ryan, because it's just so iconic. Yikes. But yeah, I don't know. I am. It's really, really cringeworthy what's going on with Stephanie still. It's scary. There was a woman on Reddit. I'll share it on the Instagram who uh, posted a text that her mom had sent her. And, and the mom was like, just going to go visit my boyfriend in Belize. And she put her hair in pigtails and like held up a big bottle of Chardonnay. And it's just oh, so no. funny. It's just really great. Reddit never ceases to amaze me. <laughs> um, we have to, yeah. an interview that is so topical in so many ways. Shall you explain? <laughs> oh, yeah. We were like, you know, we're back to our old selves. We're going to unpack uh the one and only Bethany Frankel. But we, I feel so proud of us because we scheduled that before the Roni trailer dropped and before Bethany announced that she was engaged. And so this is just like such a hot topic for this week. We covered everything. We mentioned it all. We mentioned it all. Cocktails, ladies, because today we have Joe Redling Schaefer, who's a TV comedy writer who's written on Nora from Queens, which is Aquafina's very funny show. And she's currently on the Doogie Hauser reboot for Disney Plus that's coming out that my boyfriend Mike is also working on. Um, and she's here today to talk about the one and only Bethany Frankel from Real Housewives of New York City. How are you guys doing and how um tipsy are we at this point (laughs) (laughs) I am a little tipsy guys because I started so I'm on central time right now I'm in Kansas um so I started drinking at like for your time because I got off work a little early today and I had a skinny girl marg (gasps) 
just to set the tone. And now I move to wine. I don't know what you where you guys are at, but I've I've moved already to wine. I need a review of the Skinny Girl Marg because I've never actually had one. What? Yeah, you you've got to do it. You've got to have one. <laughs> yeah, Alyssa, what the fuck? Does it give you just like an instant headache? And that's what it looks like to me. Here was my issue with it today. I've had it in the past and I thought it was fine. It's not, you know, the best thing. I need like a fat girl, Mark. That's what right, I right. prefer. <laughs> but I'm at my parents' house and my mom had had that and I have no I, no idea how long it's been in our fridge and it was oh opened. God. So I oh no. it it just tasted a little off and I'm not gonna blame Bethany for that. I will mm-hmm. blame Janice, my mother. Um, so that's why I switched over, but we'll, we'll see what happens here. I mean, okay, there's that's... a little part where you can sort of blame Bethany, right? Like it is a little, <laughs> I think in my experience, they've been a little syrupy, uh, the, the skinny girl margaritas. Have I had them because I want to be participating in the Real Housewives products because I'm a basic bitch? Yes. <laughs> uh, but I would say they are a little um, th- thick for something Ugh. that advertises being skinny. <laughs> That's so true. It's very, it tastes fake. And like, you can't really taste the alcohol. Like I want to taste my alcohol oh is it a pre-mixed marg oh my yes. god that's yeah, disgusting yeah yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah okay but I'm also afraid to offend Bethany so Bethany if you're listening that was not Joe Redling Schaefer speaking so don't well speaking of offending Bethany Alyssa kicked us off on the wrong foot by asking if we were tipsy which isn't that the Oof. big debate between Sonia, well, Sonia. and Bethany is the tipsy girl versus skinny girl that was a perfect so way. So are you on? <laughs> oh, that's so hard because I'm on Bethany's side because I'm afraid of her. And Bethany to me is like, like one of my friends, well, like a friend growing up where I was like just obsessed with her and she was a bully and I, you know, just didn't want to be on the wrong side of it. That is how I feel mm. with Bethany. But Sonia, like, I'd rather drink with Sonia, so I'll take the tipsy girl any day. (laughs) All right. Well, why don't you talk us through, like, what your relationship with reality TV is and when you started watching Roni and what made you choose Bethany? I don't – when did uh, New York start? Like, 2010? I just threw that out there. I have no idea. No, way earlier than that. So I'm actually re-watching the entire thing with Mike right now from the beginning, and it's, like, wild. I mean – Alex McCord saying, like, and I'm in Brooklyn trying to survive in this economy. Like, I feel like that was in 2008. It had to be, 2008, right? 2008, March yeah. 4th, 2008. Oh, nice. my gosh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. my Alex. Like, I forgot about her. She, Ugh. her and her husband, remember when they went shopping together? And that, that was one of the first episodes. Yes. God bless her and her hives that give away how anxious she is. I truly identify with that. Also, I have to tell you a disgusting story that I don't know why I've never heard on a podcast before, but I read it in an article (laughs) the other day, and it's really disturbing, so everyone braced themselves. Um, Alex McCord was interviewed about, like, the process of giving birth, right? And she was all, like, it was all, like, you know, pleasurable for her, I guess, and she shared... (laughs) That Simon. Wait, wait. Pleasurable. She like, was pleasurable. Like, she's one of these women who, for whatever reason, and God bless them, like, good for them, uh, you know, had, like, a, an orgasmic sensation when she was giving birth, I wow. suppose. Um, so, anyway, it gets better. Uh, Simon, <laughs> who sat behind her and was, like, bracing her while she was giving birth, um, 
I guess he didn't realize that he uh, came all over himself while his wife was giving birth. <laughs> oh, Stop. my God. Is this a thing? Is that? I have never heard that before. And I don't mean it's like really mean if I'm laughing, but it's also like you don't have to share that with a magazine. <laughs> that is not mean. This is it's, a comedy. Yeah. That That's the funniest thing I've ever heard. And the most unsexual thing like that, like makes me never want to have sex again. <laughs> I know. I can't imagine. Let's step outside of the fact that this event even occurred. I can't imagine being someone who was privy to that or let alone involved in it and then telling a <laughs> person who has the power to publish it. In yeah, what no. world where you be like, you you want to hear something crazy and then tell that story? Are you serious? <laughs> wow. I love the McCourts. They were such good TV. They were not like... They were not like the current form of housewives, but they were like super intriguing to watch, even when they were just doing nothing. So weird. Oh my um, gosh. Wow. Anyway, wow. let's get back to Bethany. <laughs> now that I've stunned <laughs> everyone. I think, no, I, we've segued. We're talking only Alex and Simon now. Yeah. <laughs> no. Oh my God. That's insane. Uh, I, I would love to hear what Bethany would have to say about that. <laughs> <laughs> She'd probably have, like, a lot of puns that appear to be written by someone else. That's what I mm – -hmm, that's probably mm -hmm. her response. Okay, that yeah. – I'm glad you said that because I – like, do they – I mean, it's a reality TV. Obviously, there's other – there's producers, there's editors, people involved. But I want to believe it, you know? It's like I want to believe The Bachelor's real. I know it's not, but I want to believe Bethany's coming up with these – these one-liners so bethany is a really interesting person to debate this about because i do believe that most of this show is real i do think that sometimes they feed them things to say but i also have this theory and we've mentioned it before mentioned it uh mentioned it all on the podcast uh <laughs> that i think bethany is a silent producer later on mm -hmm. oh, because she gets really favorable yeah. cuts she's treated pretty favorably by andy in the reunions and I definitely think she has a team of people writing jokes for her, whether that's provided by the show or she's just paying for it because she flips, like, multi-million dollar apartments for some reason, and she can just, like, pay out of pocket to have, like, two people write her jokes, which I would happily do, by the way. <laughs> exactly. I was just thinking that. I agree. <laughs> she did say on a Watch What Happens Live after she's left uh, Roni, he asked her, Andy goes, what's one of the things you miss? And of the list of things that she misses from being on the show was like, and I'm, I won't quote it, but I'm going to quote it. Uh, the funny things that I would say, she was basically like, I miss the comedy and I miss being funny. I miss the funny things that I, Bethany, would say, which seems like kind of an insane thing as me as a funny person who gets to say the things that comedy writers write. I would say that. I'd be like, oh, I miss saying funny things. Right. So there is a there's a disconnect for me <laughs> in that. Like what funny person goes, I miss saying funny things. You I also feel help. like, you Taylor, you are also very funny on your, on your own. Like give your own oh, brain some you. credit. You are funny by yourself. <laughs> I totally just was like, yep, agreeing with that. And I didn't mean it like that. I'm, I meant, I know what you're saying about Bethany <laughs> <laughs> but yeah she just seems like she's got some help I would think I think so like I I think it was her most uh, season 11 was that like whatever she was most recently on she's like I would rather eat glass than talk to you and I'm just like you she didn't come up with that I really don't think she came up with that it's yeah, too I good early on I feel like she is funny when she's you know in a rage 
and like that's when her most iconic moments are coming from and so I do feel like she has this sort of like uh, sharp-tongued New Yorker like cutting people down but with a sense of humor in her but just in her talking heads especially sometimes I'm like someone just straight up is writing these jokes like there's no way you're just coming up with this shit left and right all the time um, her impressions um, are also very good I'll give her that like when yeah, she's yeah. doing the Ramona <laughs> impressions it, it's hilarious I mean it might not be that spot on but she she knows what she's doing yeah yeah, she's definitely very funny. The things, too, there's, like, the obvious sort of, yeah, like, I would rather eat glass sort of zingers that seem like they might have a little bit of a comedic boost from a professional. But then there's other things that she says that are just funny in the real housewives realm of funny. Like, she said, everything I say is always true. And, like, that's just that's just something only a real housewife would organically say. Everything I say is always true. And she believes a hundred – yeah. And that's also, again, uh, just, like, a sp- specific uh, slice of real housewife's genius to me. But I mean, uh, that know. line right there, you could tell me that line, and, and I would believe every single real housewives of every fran- franchise said yes. that. <laughs> like, it's – yeah, it's – it's all of them. <laughs> what is your general? What are your general feelings about her? I know she's like a really divisive uh, person, and I want to get into especially the Carol Bethany feud because that yeah. is so confusing to me. And I'm rewatching it now, and I'm having different feelings than when I first saw it. And I just need to know like what your take is. So Beth, I love Bethany overall, but she is like, she really. I mean, I said this earlier. She reminds me of this girl that I was best friends with in quotes, like in grade school, because I was like obsessed with her and she was like the pretty cool mean girl. And I was just like, I don't want to be on your wrong, your bad side and you're smart (laughs) and always right. And like, so I'm afraid of Bethany. Um, But I do think, see, this is the brainwashed. She has brainwashed me as a fan. I do think she's better than the rest of them. Like she is She's just, like, tells it how it is. I know that's her whole thing, but she does. And, like, she never changes her voice. Like, she just speaks. Like, you know what I mean? Like, I feel like all, not all women, because Bethany doesn't, and maybe you guys don't. But, like, when I, like, call someone, if I'm, like, ordering food or something, you know, you change (laughs) your voice. You're, like, like, hi, I'd like to have a large pizza. She's, like, she doesn't do that. No bullshit. She's telling you how it is. She's going to be mean. And I'm afraid of her, and I love her. <laughs> I love that observation. That, and she also has, yeah, such a very distinct and direct way of speaking that is very intentional. So, yeah, there, there is never. It's very unwavering, which is yeah, a lot of conviction, cool. a lot of conviction mm-hmm. in her voice. So I believe her. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's, that's probably bad. I believe anyone who, like, speaks to me like that. <laughs> but I it's love so her. It's so interesting because she, she has – she is the voice of reason a lot of times in these crazy situations. Like, she seems to be more relatable and a little bit more normal and grounded than, say, like, a Luann or a Ramona or a Sonia. But then you're – so you're like, oh, Bethany's always right. I'm, I always understand what Bethany's saying and everyone else is being crazy. But then the later you creep into the seasons, the more it's like – 
I don't know, man. Right. Like Bethany saying that Carol doesn't have a career. That's like pretty yeah. rude. And Bethany, you know, screaming at Sonia for trying to do Tipsy Girl. Like she doesn't know what she's doing. And so you start to question like, who have I been supporting this whole time? And I feel like mm. the biggest culmination of that. Um, and by the way, I just want to say like, a year ago, Taylor and I were like, we would vote for Bethany for president. And <laughs> yeah. now, over the last year, it's sort of become like a more complicated, like, I'm not so sure what she's evolving into. You know what I mean? Yep. Yeah. I mean, I really think that she thinks that she's paved the way for all of the New York women to be like businesswomen, which isn't necessarily true. Like, obviously, she's done extremely well for herself with Skinny Girl and all of her branding and businesses but she does hold that over people like you know like with the Sonia thing like come on or and with like uh didn't Ramona have a wine thing like with all of that it's like okay you're all real housewives you're all drinking a shit ton you can all have your alcohol lines and it's not just Mm -hmm. because of you Bethany so yeah I totally think she she believes in herself to a fault yeah Mm mm-hmm I will yeah. say I am very impressed that she went from, like, selling muffins in a Gelson's in Connecticut to, like, flipping $25 million apartments for profit, you know? You know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's no denying. I mean, listen, she was on the cover of Forbes, and she'll remind you that often, I feel like. But still, that's still a huge accomplishment. Like, she's definitely a spectacular businesswoman. I don't know if you guys are as obsessed with the show Shark Tank as I am. But uh, I watch Shark Tank pretty regularly. I'll just out myself for that. And she is a spectacular guest shark. And she did this interview where she was like, I feel like they weren't really taking me seriously when I went on. And she's just like phenomenal on the show and like always makes a great deal. But like we're talking about, she'll try to invest. And then she'll also on top of like a pretty reasonable pitch, she'll go and I'll be a spokesperson which is worth millions of dollars a year and then it's like all right you sort of lost a lot of people with say like there's a fine line between going like yeah I'm a really successful entrepreneur and then just being like I am the best entrepreneur in the world it's like "Ah, I don't know it's a little syrupy the margarita is a little syrupy for me I have notes Uh, she's a businesswoman and I like like you just said she'll remind you of it and I feel like Every time someone else on the show, like Luann, now I'm starting to turn on her, but like Luann, <laughs> she, like Luann's whole cabaret, like she shit on that so much. And it's like, let her have her thing. If it was anything other than a performance, you would say that you paved the path for this. Mm-hmm. I've really turned. I think it's because I've now had a lot more wine. I'm, <laughs> we're getting to it's know so, each other. It's so tough. <laughs> like this is the Bethany mirror that we all have to look into because for a lot of the series, like with Kelly Killer and Ben Simone telling her to go to sleep, Scary Island, all the shit that Ramona did to her on the Brooklyn Bridge, you know, all of these iconic mm. moments, like Ramona coming after her for doing quote-unquote softcore porn and her just totally owning it. Like, we've seen her been through the ringer, frankly, and, like, stand up for herself and stand up to this, like, shitty, abusive guy that she had a kid with. Like, all of those things make her very likable. Also, she has, like, a very tumultuous family background, which I think really endears you to people on TV and makes, like, your outbursts sort of understandable. And, like, I can certainly relate to that. But, like, at a certain point, it's, like, you can't be, like, ignoring racism with the Meghan Markle situation. And so, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I know nobody's perfect. And, like, especially these women, you can never be, like, I idolize this person because then they'll go and haul off and get themselves canceled, like, for good reason. 
But it's just tough with Bethany because I feel like in so many ways she's extremely smart and she's extremely talented and she does a great job on this show and she gives so much of herself and she does good in the world. But then she's like, yeah, I have controversial opinions and if you want to hear that, then like listen to my podcast and if you don't, then don't. And it's like, well, hold on. (laughs) I feel like you could just probably like learn more and edit yourself a little bit. Right. That's true. That's very true. She is stuck in her ways. And there's something to be said, though, about being a Real Housewife or former Real Housewife with a podcast. How many would Hillary Clinton go guest on? You know what I mean? Yeah. She did, like, a full interview with Hillary Clinton. And I was like, you are – so she she is operating on another level. I also think there is something to be said about – like, one thing I will – as much as we're talking about her blowing herself up, like, that – there is a tendency, I think, amongst a lot of the, especially OG, like, iconic Real Housewives to, like, uh, really claim that they are the one and only, like, pillar of this entire, like, they're responsible for this entire empire. And they'll say it to Andy's face. Like, we've seen, like, Joe, Ju- uh, it's Joe Judice, right? Be like, no, this is my show. Like, I basically, and Andy's like, what the fuck? And... Bethany has been someone who's like, listen, I'm just I think her weird quote was I'm just one jelly bean in a jelly bean jar. She's like said that a couple of <laughs> times about just like the world of Real Housewives. She's like, listen, I'm not going to pretend like I am sort of the most special snowflake of the bunch. Like this is a really genius uh, like kind of program that you've started that really showcases a lot of people like I'm nothing special in that regard, which I do kind of like because she could do that. She could say I'm the whole thing. Right. Yeah, absolutely. She could pull Vicky. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Vicky, Vicky's done it. Nini's done it. Teresa's done it. Everybody's been like, no, this is my whole thing. And I feel like Bethany's the one person who's been like, nah, I've, I've just enjoyed this. I thank you for this whole thing. But maybe that's also her somehow trying to distance herself from it because she thinks she's better than the whole thing. I don't know. Now I'm turning to what's happening to me. I think it's because. <laughs> You're right. And I think it's because she has other stuff going on where like she doesn't need this. And like, I'm sorry, Vicki Gumbelson, I love you, but you need it. Like you needed the show. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So like, uh, and I think also it's probably a little bit of her being smart. She might think that she is real housewives. I bet she does. I bet some part of her thinks that she is the show and she's not going to say it because she's too smart. That makes sense. What do we, um, I need to hear everyone's take on the Carol Bethany feud. <laughs> I like I, Carol. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. That's interesting. You to like me. Carol? I Unpack do. that for us. I, you know, I really loved when she wore that. I'm already like, what, Don't what, say what am the I tattoo saying? Body yeah. Suit. I mean, I Don't I, say the tattoo. I, I, that's body what suit. I was about to say. Oh. I hate it. <laughs> no. I, I loved it. I loved the moment and I loved Bethany's reaction. But like ever since that moment, I was like, this bitch, she's just trying to have fun. Like, I like her. (laughs) This is the funniest take I've ever heard on the pod that you're like, I like her. And I'm going to cite this one specific (laughs) random outfit she wore. And in her talking head for that, she was like, these girls are so jealous of my fake tattoo bodysuit. And that's your evidence for not only liking Carol, but siding with Carol in this Carol Bethany debate. Yes, I'm gonna. Oh, now I have wow. to stick by this, even though I'm, I, I'm not like. As that was coming out, I was like, "Stop, 
stop saying this. This is not even how you fully feel. But no, it's your true. It sounds like your true self. Yeah. Just go with it. It was a yeah. fun moment. I also really enjoyed Carol's like I can't remember his name, but that like young guy that was her boyfriend. Adam? What was it? Adam. 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 Oh my god. Of the two options, Adam and Adam, I (laughs) like that you chose Padam. I think Padam is the more likely name. Oh my god. I, okay. I feel like I have truly drank more than I thought. (laughs) Padam. We're going with Padam. Padam. But I liked, I liked Padam. I liked Adam. I liked that whole thing. Um, what, what, are, what were your guys' takes? No, I like Joe being like, I like the bodysuit and I like Padam. And that's that. Case closed. I sound like Ramona. <laughs> Just like slurring. Here's what I'll say about the about the feud is that I, when I watched it, was confused. When I went to research it for today, was still confused. And then I thought, you know what? I'm going to be talking to these two gals who definitely are going to have a take and I will be able to listen to it and kind of glean what the specific. But like we never totally knew what exactly the feud was about. It was it was like a lot of little things. Am I right? Okay. 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 So then it really does just come down to who you like more. That's that's all. So it's not like any other feud on Bravo where there's an event or a quote or a fight. Like, is it just whether or not you like Bethany or Carol more? Is that the question? I think it's just like two different types of women who are cool in different types of way. Like, I think what you're saying about Bethany being sort of the bully that you go along with, like, I have a friend like that as well. And it's like, you're just glad that they like you and they're not ruining your life, you know? (laughs) But you do like them. Like, they're cool. But you also just get pressured into doing shit you would never normally do because of their personality. It's Um, not me, right, Alyssa? Alyssa, it's it's not me, right? definitely not you. I actually feel like I could pressure you into doing other shit. But (laughs) That's actually a thousand percent true. I would do whatever Alyssa told me. Are you Bethany, Thank you so much, Taylor. What was that? Are you Bethany? Oh, my God. I'm Bethany, and I am a bully, and I love to bully people. <laughs> That's why no. we brought you here today. Actually, Taylor called me, and she was like, let's let's corner Alyssa in this podcast. And <laughs> this talk is about a bullying bully. intervention. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, I also – so that's Bethany's energy. I feel like Carol's energy is just like – what like no labels nothing matters I don't need to name my cats like it's I'm just too cool for school like grow up you know like that's her she doesn't need to be in contact with people she doesn't need things to be resolved things to be resolved she doesn't need approval she's just happy to wear like slip nightgowns before they were cool and pretend like she's gonna fuck someone's husband and then go home like that's her energy and so it feels very leo versus aquarius to me if anybody is an astrology person but that's like yeah very different energy vibes is what you're saying so i just think that what happened was there was some kind of miscommunication that actually involved Padam. Um, Padam <laughs> wanted to be paid to go to Puerto Rico to do some kind of promo for Bethany's charity. And Bethany did not think that he should be paid, which Padam is a 29-year-old working person, so I do kind of think that he could afford to be paid by Bethany. Um, and mm. so it just kind of got out of hand, and I think the way that they wanted to resolve it was so different from each other like carol is like whoa let's talk about this in person after the holidays stop texting me i can't resolve this with you like this right now and bethany which i also understand because i'm like this 
I, I feel like she can't let things linger, you know? Like, she can't just have mm. unresolved shit with someone she thought she was very close with, and she has trust issues from her family and from her exes, and so anytime someone's not acting the way that they've always been acting, she has a trouble with that change. Um, mm-hmm. So mm. I, I, I think it's, like, it, it, it's an interesting fight because it's not really, like, one person was totally right and the other person was totally wrong. It's just a matter of who you identify with when they're handling a conflict in a friendship and watching this back now the first time around I was totally on Bethany's side because I do not identify with Carol being a cool girl at all because I'm not like that I'm like we need to make up right now and we got to find it out and like let's just figure it out and resolve it and I can't go to bed like this you know like but the tattoo outfit but the tattoo (laughs) right the tattoo outfit is very like I'm gonna smoke a cigarette as Amelia Earhart and like just calm down like why are you so upset and that is so triggering to me so I was totally on Bethany's side but you know how like when you get older and you rewatch like The Devil Wears Prada and you're like Anne Hathaway is a bad assistant and like Emily Blunt yes. is me and I like and yeah. she deserves everything. But when you saw it when you were younger, you're like she's Emily Blunt is like the villain, you know? I feel like that sort of happened where like maybe it's the pandemic or whatever where I was like Bethany like just let her figure out what she wants to say to you, like give it some space, you know? Like calm down. So I viewed it through a different lens this time. Um, that's my take on it. That's very insightful. Um, I like that take because I feel like I have friends like, I agree with you where I just want to talk about it right away and I'm an external processor and I just want to, let's just talk it out right now. I'm not going to think about how I feel. I'm just going to say it. And I, it's, a, it's hard when friends want to linger on it like Carol, but you got to give them space. It doesn't always have to be on your time, Bethany. Like, let's, let's uh, compromise here. Yeah, for sure. I think this is a very, yeah, I like this take a lot. I love revisiting Devil Wears Prada because I also really <laughs> hate the, the boyfriend energy oh my in that God. movie. Like, really rubs me the wrong way. Like, oh, you're sad because it was your birthday dinner? I have a career um, <laughs> over it. But I will also say that I am more of the Carol energy where I could be like, let's sleep on it. Or like, let's just give it a day. We're both, we're both fucking freaking out about this right now or it's not the most important thing. And like, I have uh, I've dealt with the also the social repercussions of being that person who's fighting with the more like I don't want to say what's a better word than like emotionally hostile person, but you <laughs> wait you don't it's hard to find allies in that situation because then people assume that you as the more distanced or cold personality that you're more okay and then the person who is being a little bit more aggressive about it or urgent about it like needs more help like they need the allies so then all of a sudden you're like oh fuck now nobody's on my side because now everybody's like freak or as you've pointed out earlier are perhaps scared of the bethany so then it's like oh, i don't want to be at the end of bethany's rage or terror either but now i'm thinking like am i a carol should i get a tattoo bodysuit <laughs> yes and a boyfriend named pat <laughs> yes wow yes you should you absolutely wow. should. <laughs> wow. I love it. I feel like it also boils down to, like, the kind of person who, like, always responds to texts right away, which is me and which is, like, a big part of that Carol Bethany fight. And then people who are, like, fine, like, not responding for a couple of days. And you're, like, they're dead or they hate me. <laughs> so, and it better be that they're dead. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the first day you're like, oh my god, something's wrong, something's wrong. Are they okay? I hope they resolve whatever it is. Like, they'll get back to me. It's no problem. And the second day you're like, they better be fucking in a ditch because I <laughs> care about this friendship so much. <laughs> like this that. is my dating life. You are just like, like speaking my dating life right now, okay? Oh. Just every guy Ooh. is dead. Every guy I've ever gone out with is dead, apparently. Ooh, tell us a dating story. Oh, God. <laughs> Well, mm-hmm. I went actually, I went on a walk date yesterday. Um, and he told me he's done heroin. <laughs> oh, no! So that was like a pill or like a needle? No, I that was my <laughs> you exact, could take a pill. I didn't know that. I literally was like, Yeah, what did the opioids are? Sorry, keep going. <laughs> I okay, I spelt the same way. My first question was like, How do you do heroin? <laughs> and he, he was like, Well, I probably did the worst way possible, the most un safe I injected it and I was like oh no yeah um so that was fun we were on a walk in like a garden and he was telling me that it was a weird vibe um okay hot take if this comes up on a first date I'm into it I actually what okay (laughs) I think if on a first date he's just like I'm gonna open with this I'm gonna get it out there as opposed to you go on a beautiful garden date you're vibing and then like I don't know, a few dates in, he's like, by the way, I either did once or I casually plan on doing heroin. I think that that's less cool than like, boom, opening scene, garden date. I did heroin one time into my veins. It's like, I think that's the best way to do it. How did that come up? So we were talking about weed and I was telling him, I was like, oh, I wish, I wish I liked weed more. Like I love the camaraderie of it and I always want to be a part of it, but I just, it doesn't do it for me. I, I just, I would rather drink wine or do other drugs. And, um, so we just started talking about drugs and I was like, well, I haven't done that many drugs. And he's like, yeah, I went through a phase in my early twenties and I kind of had to rein it in. So now I only smoke weed occasionally, but I mostly just drink. And I was like, Ooh, like kind of like I didn't really think it was gonna get heavy and I was like oh Oof. like what like you're what, like anything Molly exciting or something yeah, literally, yeah exactly I was like I literally oh was God. like I had a bad experience with Molly once and I haven't done it since Coachella and he was like I've done everything except for crack and meth and then I jokingly was like said like oh so you've done heroin thinking he just forgot to say that and he was like no I've done it oh no but it wasn't wow. it wasn't like a way of like he and then he was like I only did it once I understand why people get addicted because it feels awesome, but I'll never, I was like, I can't do this again. And that's when I realized I had a problem. And I was like, oh, wow, this is not where I expected it to go. Do you think you're going to see him again? What do you think? You know, okay. I hope he would, I hope he never listens to this. <laughs> I'm sure he will not. I mean, we shit on him for like the first 20 Kansas minutes. Big Kansas following. Yeah. 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 <laughs> yes. Big heroin following. <laughs> um, <laughs> He was, when I first met him, like immediate, my immediate response was like, I don't know if this is going to be right. He was like very cool and like super artsy and hipster, which I like, but like a little intimidating. Like he wanted to talk about art and stuff and I don't know shit about fuck. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But. I don't know shit about fuck. Um, But then it actually was like really fun and it was nice. So I would, Mm -hmm. I would probably go out with him again you know, for drinks or like just mm-hmm. for a fun night. But like, I don't think he's, he's the one for me. I see. 
Well, I will say, and this is the worst transition I've ever done, you do have something in common with Bethany. Um, her ex, sort of fiancé, did pass away from a uh, narcotics overdose. You are so, yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Wow. Well, actually, yeah. bravo, Alyssa. Yeah. It's, that was the best transition I have ever heard. An amazing segue. And I only bring that up because I need to know your guys' take on these engagement photos that just came out. I don't even know if we can call them that because they're from paparazzi. But right. Bethany well, from paparazzi, spotted. they're pretty flattering. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I sent this to Taylor and Taylor was like, oh, these are the nicest paparazzi photos I've ever seen of someone. Like, mm-hmm. Bethany looks banging. She's on the beach. Her, Her boobs are, like, huge. Yeah. Her huge diamond is, like, just reflecting light straight into the camera. The article is like Bethany, who has sold jeans and, you know, is a private chef and flips real estate and, like, lists all of her accomplishments. And I'm like, yeah, yeah publicists, like, planted this article. Absolutely. Um, do we think she's engaged? And what do we think about the timeline of her already being engaged? Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm now looking at these photos again of her, and she literally looks like, she's on the cover of sports illustrated with her hands like in her (laughs) like up in her hair i'm like okay yeah paparazzi okay i will say i looked up i didn't know what her boyfriend did so i'm looking it up right now and it says he's a film producer and i'm like okay rand like calm down um (laughs) but i am looking up his imdb credits and he did produce drinking buddies and quite a few other indie films like adult beginners and a couple other ones that we that are not very good but that's, you know, that's pretty, that's legit. I'll give it to her. <laughs> and now we should go on a tangent about what we think about mumblecore. Guys, I used drinking to be buddies, you guys. so into it in college just to impress the boys. And I grew up and I was like, I want to watch movies about women. Sorry, everyone. That's that's my take on Mumblecore. I did. Actually, this is very relevant because just this weekend I was telling Tony that I had seen Drinking Buddies once and that I was like really not a fan of it. Like, I'll just, I honestly hated it. I hate to say that about like publicly because maybe people I want to work with out there are like, no, I'll never work with her again because she does like Drinking Buddies. But then I watched uh, the another movie that's made by all the same people called Win It All, which is on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Big fan. Big fan. So if you weren't going to hire me because I didn't like Drinking Buddies, <laughs> please know that I do like Win It All. Um, but in general, it's like, yeah, I don't – I remember specifically not loving, like, Olivia's character in Drinking Buddies and thinking that there was a lot that was underdeveloped. Um it started as a joke when I said, let's talk about Drinking Buddies, and now I'm talking about <laughs> Drinking Buddies. I'm sorry. So Bethany's ring, what do we think about it? <laughs> I really, I've never wished that I've seen Drinking Buddies more than right now, because I have no wow. hot take, but I'm probably no, not going to watch it. it now. I'm, I'm not going to. you, don't do No, that. I'm not going to watch it, but I will watch when at all. I'm definitely going to watch it But isn't it cute, all. because now the three of us, dare I say, are Drinking Buddies? Wow. <laughs> oh, that's so beautiful. It's full circle. Well, it feels like a really good moment to wrap things up on. What do you guys think? <laughs> Which does mean that I have to. It or mad at me. <laughs> I will say it does mean that I have to keep Drinking Buddies conversation in the edit of the podcast. So we're pot committed at this point. <laughs> Man, pot committed. Win it all is about gambling, Alyssa. You tied wow. in more than you thought guys, you would. You guys somebody have a new stop sponsor. her. Please. No, really, somebody please stop her from doing this. <laughs> Right um, 
Okay, well, I will say uh, we can just end on the note that Bethany's HBO Max show is allegedly going under a lot of drama, but no drama has been reported, so keep your eyes peeled for that. Um, we love her and hate her. She's very interesting. I think this is like a really good unpacking of everything except for maybe her fish allergy, which I might, which I kind of believe is fake, but who knows? This is not real. That's all I'll say. I mean, her allergy's yeah. real. I'm not saying her allergy's not real, but I agree it's overblown. It's also mm-hmm. just like, uh, I'll say to you guys what I say to Mike when we go on a plane. Don't expect me to have sympathy for you having a peanut allergy if you're not going to bring your EpiPen when we travel. That's, <laughs> and that's what I would say to oh Bethany. Okay, that so. is your Real Housewives. <laughs> Alyssa, that's your opening. If you were on the Real Housewives, that would be your line. I don't have sympathy for you if you don't bring your EpiPen. That's your opening. That's it. She's so right. Wow, what a gem we've found. Honestly, and your, and your thing that you're holding, Alyssa, is a peanut. You, like, turn around and you're holding a golden peanut. For me. <laughs> um, well, this was so great. Thank you so much for joining us for all these hot takes and for sharing very personal stories about your dating life. We really Thank appreciate it. Thank you for it. having me. I needed to unpack that in a public realm. <laughs> <laughs> um, is there anything you want to plug or like any social media or anything where people can find you, things like that? Um, I do want to plug one thing. My friend Amy Solomon edited a book called Notes from the Bathroom Line. And it is super funny. And there's like a hundred or more uh, pieces like some are okay. I'm not explaining this well at all, but um, there's like essays and letters and like some art pieces and cartoons. It's very fun. A hundred different women and non-binary people contributed to it and you can buy it anywhere that you would buy a book. Notes from the bathroom. That's really cool. It's really fun. Um, I love it. And I have a little piece in it. So check it out. Do you also want to plug your active uh, Tinder account in Kansas? <laughs> yes. Um, you can find me on Bumble and Hinge if you're in the Kansas City area okay, or within great. 12 miles. <laughs> Amazing. Thank you. <laughs> no, thank right, you guys. for that. Well, thank, <laughs> thank you so guys. much. And we'll talk to you so fun. next time. Bye.